Recovered Addict Podcast. Super excited about today. Uh, we're going to fight everything. <laughs> we're going to grasp and hold on. Control. I need to control every single thing in my life. <laughs> That's the way I wake up in the morning. <laughs> yes, exactly. I get up. What can I worry about right now? And then how many bad scenarios can we accomplish right now? And then on top of that, uh, how do I need to worry about every relationship I'm in, whether it's work, personal, mm. whatever? I'm just just this big ball of control, worry. But we're going to solve that today, aren't we? My default setting. Yes, we're, we're recovered that addict. So we're going to yeah. solve your worrying. Powerful, powerful. The, <laughs> the solving, the needing to have control, the needing to be the director of mm -hmm. not only my own life, but everyone else's life too. If you only behave the way I need you to behave, I will be okay. I love that. Yeah. If, if you, if you would do this, then this would be okay. You yeah. could put, you could put that with anything, anything, the government, the traffic, my kids, my boss. If this whatever. president was elected, yes, yeah, then I'll be fine. Yeah. Then everything insides will be fine. That's so wild. So today we're going to, do the S word. <laughs> this is tough. This is a tough one. This is going to be hard. <laughs> this is hard for if you're an addict, which we all are. So every human being that is on the face of the earth, that has ever walked on the face of the earth, has something that they're addicted to. Yes. Whether it's food. We were talking about this earlier. Whether it's food, whether it's, it's sex, whether it's gambling, um, the bottle, what, whatever it may be. Drugs. It doesn't matter. Lack You're, mentality. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, fear, lack, yes. Addicted to fear. Addicted to leaving the present moment so I can enter selfish, self-centered thoughts in my mind. Mm. Addicted to being in my mind, really. I heard somebody propose a question the other day. Who are you without your thoughts? Mm. Isn't that good? That's powerful, yeah. Pure <laughs> consciousness. But like, it's like, they were talking like, like, get to know yourself without your thoughts. Like, yeah. can you identify that person? No. no, no, no. <laughs> can you see that person? Yeah. Is, Absolutely isn't that wild? Not. Yeah. That's but like, they're like, they're like, just get to know. Like, yeah. Like, and then they said, uh, it was so cool. Um, they're like, you kind of want to lose your mind. Like you want to lose your mind. <laughs> like literally. Yes. <laughs> Cause Absolutely. it's all, it's all the thoughts. It's all the mind. That's what this is. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, this is so cool. Uh, Dwayne, we're going to talk about the power of surrender. And this is in our lesson series. This is 2.1 on recovered addict uh, lesson. And we'll start off with this and I'll kind of uh, read this and then tee it up for you. In a world where we are taught to value self-determination and command over our lives, the act of surrender may appear contradictory, even paradoxical. So let's stop right there. I think this is really good. Yeah. You're a personal trainer. Yep. So self-determination. Command over being lazy. Get your ass to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you're in the top 1% of the world, you know, body fat wise, you're a bodybuilder, all that stuff. So, you know, now it comes natural for you. You like going to the gym. You go to the gym six days a week. You know, that's just your thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's who Dwayne, part of Dwayne's identity in the, in the physical. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just know that I'm going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be there. You don't even, you don't question it. Mm -mm. You just get up and go. You know, so it's it's become a habit for you that is positive. But the self-determination, you know, willing yourself. Why do so many people get this wrong? Like, 
and I'm not talking like in a lazy way, and I'm not talking about in a positive way, like getting mm. yourself and go to the gym. I'm just saying as an addict, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. this white knuckling, I got to grasp, I got to take control of my addiction. Yeah. Why is that a false sense of reality? It's it's the driving force of my unconsciousness. My unconsciousness and my ego, mm. especially being raised in the new world, being raised in America, being raised with football as my religion mm-hmm. and uh, uh, work ethic and practice. Well, if you just work harder, mm-hmm. then you'll be okay. If you could just apply more willpower, then you'd stop drinking. Oh, well, if you just got your stuff together, then you wouldn't have this drug issue. Well, if you should just try harder. So it's a very common message, especially in, in our world, to be told, well, you need to, do hard, you need to work harder. You need to do better at this. And understanding the idea, the paradox of the only way I'm going to win this thing is by surrendering, is by stop fighting the situation. Stop trying to control the outcome. Stop trying to get my way all the time, whatever it may be. For me specifically, at the very beginning, the very glaring, you know, was the drinking, was drugs, was drugs and alcohol. And I tried countless ways to stop. My heart wanted to stop. I had my mom, you know, I was very young when I picked up alcohol and my mom told me, she said, son, you can live here but you can't drink. When you drink, you turn into a person that we don't want to be around and we can't have you here when you're drinking. And I told her, okay, I won't drink. And I meant it. Yeah, your heart at the I time. I meant it good, good, with good my good heart. Right. I'm not going to drink. I got drunk. I had, a, I had a girlfriend. So this level right here is where a lot of addicts are. Yes, yes. They're right at this point. They're, they're good-hearted. They really and there's people listening right now that are in this phase. Yes, exactly. So this is this is really important. This cusp this is, of I need to do something different, but all I have is my own willpower, my own uh, uh, self knowledge at this moment. My husband, my wife, my partners told me. Yes. So I had a girlfriend. Mm, I had a girlfriend tell this me, Dwayne, I love you. I I want to be with you, but you can't drink. When you drink, you turn into a person I don't want to be with. And I can't date you if you if you're drinking. And I said okay. I said okay. I won't. I won't drink. I, w- I loved her back. I wanted to be with her, and I meant it. I meant it with my heart when I said I wouldn't drink. I got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I had a job. I had a job. I needed this job. I had bills I needed to pay. And the job told me. My boss at the time told me, Dwayne, you can't drink. We like the work you do when you're here. You have good work ethic. But when you're drunk, you're a mess, and usually you don't show up. So if, if you want this job, you cannot be drinking. I said, okay, I won't drink. I meant it with my heart. With everything I had, I meant it. I was like, I need this job. I need to pay for bills. I'm, I'm moving out of my parents' house. I need, I need to be here. I got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So your self-determination. Yes, my self-will, my, my uh, uh, self-knowledge, my command over your life. My control. I will take control of the situation and force this into existence when it was 
focused or or targeting my addiction, it was never enough. It was always insufficient. Mm. I was always saying, okay, I'll stop. I even meant it, and I still wasn't able to stay stopped. I didn't have the appropriate power, finite Dwayne alone, to stay stopped. The fighting and working and trying my best with all my might and all my effort. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm in good shape. I'm, I'm a fit guy. I know, how to, I know how to work out. I love working out. I could swim upstream for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can take a beating. Like, let's see how far Dwayne can swim upstream. But if that's the way I'm living my life, swimming upstream against the current, resistance, 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 I don't get very far. I really don't get very far. And I end up getting the shit kicked out of me. Well, this is so beautiful because there's two perspectives here. And this is something that I think is really important. Going upstream, I, I, I like to picture the ocean mm. just for the vastness of the ocean's huge, has huge waves, and it's little me trying to handle myself against these big waves. Yeah. So it's my view of me being small and my addiction being the ocean. Mm. And that has to flip. Very good. You see what I'm Very saying? Good. To get in touch with the appropriate power. Right, right. Like, like no, you're not small. Your addiction is actually small. You, you know what I'm saying? The God like, consciousness inside of yeah, it. Yeah, it's eternal and huge and Ma- it's massive. Big it's it bigger. It's, 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 it's what well, we always talk about. Uh, Abraham Hicks said this, you know, it's the power that creates worlds. Yeah. Universes. World. Not, just, not just here. Entire universe. Not just the ocean here, but worlds. Yes. So if I'm tapped into the power that creates worlds, mm-hmm. I like to say it like an old grandpa, worlds, <laughs> gives it emphasis. I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about not eating donuts. It's like, come on, I create worlds. Of course I could not eat donuts. But I think that's that paradigm shift that has to happen in the yes, mind. Yes, yes. That 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 and that's the surrender. And that's where it seems, you know, it, it's it has a contradiction like like it says even paradoxical and you brought that word up again. I think that's a really important. It's like a whole shift in the matrix. Yes. It's it's one of the first paradoxes in recovery there are many paradoxes in recovery but one of the first paradoxes it works backwards to the way my brain thinks it should work is i have to i have to stop fighting i have to stop fighting my brain says work harder no apply more willpower mm. just change this thing don't drink vodka after 5 p.m this then it'll be different no, no, no. Only drink on the weekend. Then it'll be different. Uh, try something different. Yeah, I, get, I, I can do this or I can't do this. Trying. Mm. What's, what's messing me up is I keep trying the same experiment, expecting a different result, and then I'm practicing insanity. I'm practicing the <laughs> yes. delusion of my addiction. I'm right in it. And when that comes for me, often my ego is involved and I'm blind how hopeless the situation is i'm blind i'm just i'm just skidding along telling people okay i'll stop and then not i can't stay stopped so the ego the ego has the intention of stopping but it doesn't have the ability or the power to stop correct my my i'm i'm misaligned when it comes to my power my willpower is there Mm -hmm. but it's 
far, far too insufficient to get the job done. Yeah, the addiction is the kryptonite to mm. Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As long as, but it's not real. The kryptonite is not real. You know, the addiction's not real. It's something that, it's a monster that you've created mm-hmm. in your yes, head. Yes, yes. And, and for me, like I said, you know, for different people, there's different views. But for me, the addictions that I have, and like you said, the addiction of worry, the addiction of money, worrying about money, all these addictions, addiction of food, sex, all these addictions, they all are uh, a way that my ego can take control of me. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and this is the control part of the surrender. You know, the ego wants to white knuckle it. It wants to, you know, and, and with surrender, I always like a practice that's, it's so beautiful to do and, and it's so easy to do and anybody can do it. You could do it right now. Is just squeeze your hand as hard as you can. You know, just squeeze it as hard as you can and just hold it there for a little bit and then let it go. And then what does that feel like in your body? The sensation Letting it go. of release. Yes. It's yeah. A lot more comfortable. Yes. It's like you can feel your fingers are kind of like circulation coming back. Mm-hmm. It's Things are opening. Yes. yes there's you an know? openness. Yes. And so surrendering, we like to look at it as this kind of, what is it? It's releasing. It's letting things flow. It's opening them up. You know, that's, that's what that is. And the, the material says this, particularly, it talks about the paradoxical side of things, particularly in the context of addiction recovery, surrender is often mistaken as a sign of defeat. Mm-hmm. I surrendered to my addiction and I took a bottle from Smith's. I stole a bottle from Smith's, ran out the door real fast, and I drank the whole bottle in my car. Up, surrendered. I surrendered to my addiction. You know, that's what people are thinking of. It's like a defeatist mentality. But isn't it funny when we think of surrender, we always think of it as doing a bad thing? Yeah, like giving up. Oh, he's weak. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't hack it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the guts to get through this. Um, if I could hack it, if I had the guts to get through my addiction, I would have changed a long time ago. Right. Yeah. One of the messages that um, you know we discussed is, uh, well, just don't do that no matter what. Mm, yes. Whatever it is, the heroin, the lying, the alcohol, just don't do that no matter what. And you hear that from a lot of people, outside perspectives. But I'm in the depths of my d- disease, and I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. And that's a very dangerous message to tell people, especially if this is a leadership person, uh, you know, a or a, gui- a guiding, a guiding yes. person, you know. That's a dangerous... If I could just not do that, I wouldn't need help. Right. I wouldn't be here listening to this podcast. Yeah, right. So we're seeking help. We're seeking guidance in regards to how do you even begin to do this? How do you navigate just don't do that no matter what? How do you navigate a surrender? What does a surrender look like? I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm broken and I'm looking for a solution. And that, it's, that's where very, I'm at. it's very paradoxical to say, well, the first, the first entry, the, you're, you're entering solution by saying, stop trying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stop Whatever you're doing is not working. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like you can compare this to a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, because people are addicted mm-hmm. to relationships because they, they, they don't know what love is. They, they don't know how to love. Um, they're addicted to the, 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 the feelings, the emotions, the little pumps in your head, the addiction of it, the drama, all of the above. You know, the jealousy. People get actually addicted to all those things. What's funny to me is that, and the material says this, this is really good. But in reality, surrender is far from an act of resignation. 
So your resignation is like resigning. Like it's like you walking into your boss's office and say, you know what? I resign. I'm done resigning my position. I'm out. You know, you could like, I was in the Marine Corps. Like that's a big deal. If an officer or somebody mm -hmm. just, you know, mm -hmm. an officer can come in and resign their, you know, and then, you know, you, that's like a big, a big deal. Like something wrong. Is it family issues? Are you getting a divorce? You know, why would you resign being an officer? You know, why wouldn't you go 20 years? You know, that, that's that yeah. mentality. This, and this is a role of prestige. You need to Yes. Yeah. So if you're resigning, you stay. if you're resigning, that's like you're giving in, you mm -hmm. know, like you're, you're, you're done, you're quitting. So the surrender is far. The material says surrender is far from an act of resignation. It is, get this, an empowering, I can already feel it flowing right now, energy. It is empowering process of aligning. So the word surrender means alignment, really. That's yes. what we're talking about. It is an empowering process of aligning oneself with the universal flow of life. Not resisting the universal flow of life, which I've been doing in my addiction for years, aligning with the power that has always been available to me. I've just been too busy heading in the wrong direction with that flow. So alignment in surrendering and we now now we're getting to the point of now we know the definition of it now we kind of got it so the i'm going to tell my mom no uh, i mean i'm going to tell my mom yes i'm quitting but i don't i'm going to tell my boss all, all the people you know your girlfriend at the time all that so you look at aligning like alignment what what were like for you personally the beginning steps when you really started taking it seriously like, do you, do you remember the time when you're like, oh, there's something God or there's something bigger than me yeah. that I need to align to? Yeah, I, I um, was I was very blessed and lucky to be up in um, Taos, New Mexico when I began a recovery path. And uh, for those of you that don't know, there are a lot of big um, ski mountains there. And I was working at a ski resort, and I had just began this process and I didn't know what was happening at the time, but I was snowboarding and often with extreme activities, extreme sports, you have to be very present. If I'm not present, I could have an accident and literally die. Like people could get addicted to extreme sports because my thinking mind completely goes away. I wasn't worried about paying the it's bills. It's a weird form of meditation. Absolutely. It is a meditation. You're present. Uh, I wasn't worried about paying the bills in two weeks. I wasn't angry or fighting with someone what happened, you know, a month ago in my head. I was, I was present and I was on the mountain and I was snowboarding and I was flying around. And I remember coming to a stop and laying down and uh, on the snow and maybe, maybe it had been three days since I had, had taken a drink and I remember looking up at the, at the sky and the clouds and, and having that presence at that moment. And I remember saying, God, if it never gets any better than this, I'll be okay. And I was just connected to the present moment. It had only been three days. That wow. wasn't like a record for me right. without drink. That's crazy. However, I had left the thinking mind. I had left the part of me that needed control that needed to fight. I had left that in that present moment. I was no longer resisting. I was just there. I had this, the thinking mind had ceased. 
Fully surrendered. Fully surrendered. And um, it's an empowering process, aligning with that God-conscious part of me, that uh, shoes of inner being part of me, that spiritual love, eternal part of me that's not thinking, that's not fighting, that's not worrying, that's not demanding control. That's go. It is go with the flow. It is downstream. It is love and light. It is non-combative. No, no, let's fight about this. What part of me says we need to fight about this? What part of you has to fight an addiction? My ego. Like fighting it, yeah. Yes, my ego. And, and <laughs> this is so great. This is why we come to recovery, bro. We come to recovery because my addiction kicked my ass so bad. <laughs> it's like I fought that fight for years, years. And it just kept kicking years your ass. Years and years and years. I fought that fight. And I lost every time. A bottle of liquid was just kicking Kicked your ass. my ass. <laughs> Yeah. Every time. A donut can kick my ass. Black and blue. Like I'm in the hospital suffering from my disease. I got as close to dying as I ever want to get from my alcoholism. And I became as willing as the dying can be in order to try something different. And what that try something different is, is aligning with the power that can solve my problem. Because Dwayne by himself is not enough power. There's no chance. I, I, I fought the fight and I lost. And, and I love the power analogy that you just said because it's like I'm like a AAA battery compared to this huge um, nuclear <laughs> facility. That's like tapping into the sun compared to a AAA Yeah, yeah, battery. exactly. Yes. Tapping into the sun. The, are all the power of the sun. Yeah. And here I am yeah. trying to handle this with my little AAA 1.5 volts. <laughs> He's like, I got millions of volts for you. You got no chance. Just, just accept it, baby. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's very good that you said that, Jay. The, the, another way of saying um, surrender mm-hmm. is acceptance. So we really need to get into a little bit of acceptance right. when we're discussing surrender. And acceptance is the answer to any problem. There's a funny story, and it's old, but it's really cool. You've probably heard it before. So there's a guy, and he's out hiking. And he trips and falls, and he's like hanging on to the cliff. Mm. You know, so you, that's always a fear of hiking, especially if you're on those small little switchbacks or whatever. Yeah. And, and the rocks kind of go down, and so he's barely hanging. And he's like, help, help, is anybody there? And he hears this big booming voice. You know, we'll pretend like, I mean, God's not this male figure, big booming. But we'll pretend like it's the old school yeah. funny thing. And God says, I'm here, I'm here. And he goes, is that you, God? And he says, yes, this is God. And he goes, I need help. I need help. He goes, I got you. Just let go. And the guy goes, hello, is anybody else there? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a silly old joke, but it's so true. Yeah. It's like, like, no, no, no. God's booming a voice to us saying, hey, just let go. (laughs) And you're like, the circumstances in front of me don't dictate this, uh, this, you know, I mean, you use the cross all the time. Mm-hmm. This area in my life right here doesn't dictate me surrendering. No. I'm not going to accept true reality. I'm going to look at what really is. I'm going to look at that bottle as having the ultimate power over me. A glass bottle mm-hmm. with liquid that's made in a distill. Yep. That's all it is. It's a bunch of mash and, and 
vegetables or whatever it is, wheat, whatever they make it fermented, out of, fermented, fermented sugar and, and sugar and all that that's done in a mill in in a still, and then a liquid put in a bottle. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. In reality, that's it. And it's destroying my life. Yes. And that's the reality I want to believe in instead of believing in this reality. Very good. With that booming voice is like, hey. Very good. I'm here. You just got to let go. <laughs> the material says this. I want you to talk about this, Dwayne. It says, uh, in the spiritual landscape of recovery, surrender is about embracing our vulnerability and recognizing that addiction's grip on us transcends our individual willpower. So let's talk about embracing our vulnerability. That's tough for people. Another paradox as well. Mm. Paradoxically, faith is the way of strength. All men of courage usually have faith. Mm -hmm. See what you don't see and believe it anyways. Mm -hmm. The God consciousness part of me, the, the, the spiritual dimension, the vertical dimension inside of me, if I want that to be paramount, if I want that to be forefront, and I'm making decisions... From that space, I don't get to see that. I don't get to touch that. But I do get to have an emotional, a feeling experience with that. I do get to have a little bit of peace, have a little bit of downstream, have a little bit of hope in my life when I'm coming from that place. Mm -hmm. And I have to be vulnerable and honest and right-sized when it comes to my admission for help. Like, I have to be pretty vulnerable when I say, I can't do this. I've been trying to do this for years and nothing is getting any better. It might look different, it's just a different woman this time, or it's just a different job this time, or it's just a different bottle this time. It looks different, but it's still the same. And I'm still crash and burn every time. So, a very powerful thing happens when I get vulnerable enough to be honest and admit that I need some help. I can't do this. Whatever I'm doing is not working. I need a different, I need a different solution here. And honesty, I know a lot of different uh, recovery materials teach about honesty, mm-hmm. you know, and there's mm-hmm. a ton of them out there. So um, I don't think we're getting into anything that's new here. No, no. So with, with this part right here, but I feel like we need to have a, a talk on this, uh, you know, um, because this is maybe people that have food addictions or, or whatever have not had the conversation about honesty. You know, so I, I think we, we should stop right here and have this real quick conversation because this is really important. When you shine the light on something, yes, and, and, and it's uncomfortable and it makes you extremely vulnerable, but sometimes you need to have conversations with people and let them know where you're at. You know, Going and talking to your partner and saying, hey, I have a sex addiction, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at porn constantly all day long, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the reason I can't have sex with you is because, you know, I've, you know, masturbated three times today already, you know, because I'm in, I have an addiction. Yes. You know, that's a hard conversation to have. Yep. But that's surrender. That's vulnerability. This is the process of surrender. And this is where people don't have enough courage to be honest. I watched today. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's horrific. I, don't, I don't, wouldn't suggest anybody watch it. But I'm weird that way. Um, did you hear about the guy in France today, what he did? So there was a guy in France, no. and it's so weird. The video is just weird. It's not graphic at all. It's just weird to watch. 
and maybe we could watch it when we're done with the podcast or whatever, if you, if you don't mind. But it's this guy in France. He goes into a park, a beautiful park in France. And somebody, it's like a lady or somebody's probably filming it. It maybe could be a guy or whatever behind a tree. So it's kind of like you can kind of see. And he goes into this area where kids are playing, and he just starts stabbing kids. Mm. And this just happened today. you know. So it's like these moms, like there's a mom there. She doesn't know what to do. All of a sudden, this guy kind of pushes her out of the way and then starts stabbing the kid in the little... Uh, what do you get like little walkers or whatever oh that's horrific yeah what do you call those the uh, stroller stroller yeah in a stroller and then there's a guy at the backpack and he's trying to do something but he really doesn't know and then everybody is just like not doing anything you know what i mean this guy's like just walking around pacing and then when he sees somebody he just tries to not an adult just kids just tries to stab him you know and i think he stabbed like nine kids or something and i'm like there was a ton of people in this park no one had the courage. You, do you know what I mean? Mm, like, mm, I would hope, mm. you know, that I would have the courage enough to risk my life for a child. You know, like, uh, like, and like, not even think. I would just head in that direction towards that and, and try to stop that. Yeah. You know, even if it meant, you know, I mean, because that's just the way my brain works. And I would hope that in that situation, and I've been in, been in yeah, war and situations. Yes. So I think I could do that. Uh, I think I could go there, you know. You have the, specific necessary training yes. to make a difference in that situation. But th- this is what I'm talking about. So so being honest and courageous, we have to look at this kind of in the same way. And it's just a way of having tools where you can feel the confidence to be able to handle it. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like if I if I'm gonna go have a hard conversation with my mom about my alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to admit to her I've been wrong and I keep telling you and I keep lying to you. And you probably had this conversation many times. That takes a lot of courage. But you had to have tools given to you for that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to stumble through it because my, my selfishness will try and have that conversation a thousand different ways. But usually I'm still acting, I'm still acting in my addiction. I'm still trying to get what I want. Mm -hmm. I'll just say whatever you need me to say so that I can continue partaking in my addiction. I said sorry a million times, but I was never sorry. No. And something very spiritual happens when I start to look at the part of myself I don't want to see. I don't want to see my dishonesty, not only with my family, but with my inner being. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see my discomfort I don't want to see the turmoil, the heartache, the stress, the worry, the pain that I'm causing others, that I'm co- uh, inflicting in the, on the world around me. But I'm also doing that to me. I'm doing that to the God consciousness inside of me. We like to, one of the terms we like to use is shoes of inner being. If I'm standing in the shoes of inner being, I feel very good. It feels wonderful. Inner being doesn't know how to feel bad. Mm. I don't believe I manifested here to feel bad. Right. Or worry or obsess. Uh, I, I believe that I manifested here to expand and enjoy it. And so if I'm standing in the shoes of inner being, it, it feels good. And a nice barometer for us is the worse and worse I feel, the further and further I'm getting from the God consciousness inside of me. So if I'm feeling heartache, if I'm feeling worry, if I'm feeling fear, as a result of the actions of my addiction, 
I'm getting further and further away from the part of me that is solution oriented. Mm, that's I'm getting so good. further yes. and further away from me from the part of me that can act that actually has the appropriate power to surrender and do something different. So it's a gauge. You can Absolutely. look at that. It's a simple it, gauge. Exactly. It's a, yeah, yeah. If it feels good, it feels good. If it feels bad, it feels bad. Keep it simple. I love that. Yeah. So, so I, I, from my inner being, my higher self, my God, you know, whatever your religion is, whatever you call it, being in the Holy Spirit, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. that part of me, when I'm feeling bad and I've got depression or I've got, I'm using myself personally. So I've, I'm feeling depression. I'm feeling like despair, no hope. That's me away from my inner self. Yeah. Yeah. Self-pity. Yeah, that's I'm my a, biggest I'm one, addicted yeah. to self-pity. Yes. Because when I'm in self-pity in my mind, all I get to think about is me. All I get to do. Yeah, yeah I'm not much, but that's all I think about. It's my ego's favorite pastime. <laughs> let's talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's bad, let's still talk about me. So we start to surrender to the fact or to surrender to the to the process of letting that go. Letting, letting my ego have constant control all the time. Through your thoughts. Through my thoughts, through my awareness, through prayer, through meditation. How, uh, how do we start tapping into the solution? How do I start tapping into the surrender? It doesn't usually, I mean, some people do have like white light experiences and their life is different the next day. Uh, but that was not my, my experience. We say, um, you know, it happens slowly over time right. for most people. And usually it takes a lot of practice repetition to start retraining my conditioned response, especially when my addiction is involved. Um, so, you know, God, God relieved me of this obsession. Yeah, th- it's was an obsession. It was That's a what it nice is. Yes. tool for me that I started using I started at the very it. beginning, aligning with the appropriate power. Going to the location that is the real issue and asking for help. And that was the affirmation that you would use. God relieved me of this obsession. God relieved me of this obsession. I would say it like a mantra over and over and over again. 3,000 times a day if I had to. More. That's, that's amazing. And that just begins to slowly work and, and, and change your thought. Yes, exactly. Because so once you new neurological pathways, mm-hmm. new conditioned responses to the way I used to head through the world. I used to head through the world with, "Well, we get a bottle, we'll be okay." This isn't a session, correct? I think that kind of lowers it. it. It makes it not look like the huge ocean anymore. Mm. You know, this unfathomable ocean that's meters and meters deep. And this is what you're talking about. The next part of, uh, of the lesson is this relinquishment of the ego-driven desire to control our addiction. And you have to understand this. The ego's like a slimy little snake in the sense of, I always picture Satan on the, you know, in the, the tree of life with yes, Eve and Adam. Yes, and yes. that snake is kind of like your ego. It's always telling you stories to trick you because it wants to keep in control. It doesn't want the soul part of you. It doesn't want to relinquish that control. So the minute that it can say, well, you know what, Dwayne, you've done pretty good today. You know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty badass. Like, you know, when, when you haven't drank in three or four days, that's, that's, I'm proud of you. Like the ego starts saying that. You, you know what you should do? 
you'll, you'll, you'll uh, you know, I don't, I don't want you to drink any hard alcohol or doing any cocaine or anything like that, but a beer sounds really good right now. It's cold. You've been working really <laughs> hard. So, you know, just grab a six pack and we'll get some light beer. That's very good. You see what I'm saying? How that little <laughs> Satan snake? Oh, yeah. Snake detection circuitry <laughs> is one of the oldest circuitries that we have in our mind. How long, evolutionally, have we had to watch out for snakes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's so good. Yes. Before, in, a, in the physical plane, like be, for in real yes, life. Yes, in real life. Before we were humans, we've been watching out for I snakes. I do it all the time every time I hike here. What eats primates? What eats monkeys? Snakes, cats, and birds. Mm-hmm. That conditioned neurological pathway inside of us, that conditioned wiring is billions of years old. So it's very interesting that you mentioned the snake and the garden and ego and Satan mm-hmm. all at the same time. It's like, that's fucking evil and that's going to kill me. Yes. <laughs> Bing. That, that it, it, it responds in the mind within a millisecond. Like it has to respond faster than a snake will strike that conditioned part of my mind. So it's very interesting that we're starting to look at the conditioned part of my mind that is killing me. The ego is taking me into control, into I know what's best, let me do this my way. I couldn't possibly surrender and Mm -hmm. ask for help or ask for a different solution. I'll make it happen. And my ego is literally killing me. I used to see this all the time because I was a sales manager for a long time at a dealership and, and you would, you would see this, uh, with when, when I was, you know, I'd be eventually became a general manager and all that, but the sales manager side of things, you're very intimate with all your salespeople mm. and the whole idea of this, it, and, and it attracts addicts, you know, yes. m- majority of people, because they like the ups and the downs, the drama. I, all of a sudden I can make a thousand dollars by talking to somebody and selling them a car or I'm going to make nothing you know like there's like all or nothing it's like it, oh i made 10 grand this month and then the next month i made 1500 dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we call it you didn't even make your draw you know like you're you got minimum wage that's what happens mm. you know and so it's just up and down and i used to watch it all the time whenever the big paycheck would hit and I, i'd always give a warning i'd be like hey here's your pay stub great job don't fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck yourself over. Because uh-huh. you would see they would instantly go to their addiction or vice. Mm-hmm. It's pay for women. It's go to the club and get get drunk. It's go to the casino and literally blow it all. Like yeah. we had a we had a guy attempt suicide because he had took money from the dealership and went to a casino. Wow. You know, and so he thought he could make it back. He took a down deposit. Somebody gave him like thousand. You know how they'll say like for a vehicle for a vehicle. It's like five thousand down deposit. Yeah, yeah. It was five thousand or ten thousand. I forgot. You know how some people just bring tons of cash. You know to purchase Mm -hmm. vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so he had took that, and he's like, "I'm gonna use this, (laughs) and I'm gonna double my money. Yeah, and then I'm gonna come back and put the money back. But I made all this money off of this, and no one will know. Yeah, off my addiction to the extreme. He lost it all. Yeah. So. They ended up, no one could find him for days and days, and he was in a hotel room, you know, and all that stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and he had mm-hmm. attempted suicide. And, but that's where it takes you. Yeah. My, my ego is powerful enough to kill me. It's that story it tells you, mm-hmm. you you're going to make the money. You're, it thinks you're so cool, your ego. It, like, thinks you're cooler than you are. <laughs> <laughs> you could do this. You could, 
You could you could be you could drink, Dwayne, and be totally fine. Of course, you'd be the one. You'd be the one to hit the jackpot. Go <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. My ego is so sneaky. Thirteen years later, not a drop of alcohol. Uh, by the grace of God, which I'm extremely grateful, I have a life worth living now. My ego says, "Well, you know what? You never had an old fashioned." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, they make like big ice cubes now. I bet you, if you had it on a big ice cube, you'd be safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's orange in it. Whiskey killed me, bro. Like I end up in the trees dying when I had whiskey. And so now it's and like, <laughs> now it's like, it's and, like, and now it's like. This. But if you just add a little orange and a cherry. Yeah. You could probably handle it. You could you're, probably. You, you're different. <laughs> Some bitters. <laughs> yeah, good. add bitters and you're good. And it's, again, sneaky. My ego will sneak in to try and regain control. Yeah. And, and uh, we're very interested in reconditioning the mind so that my ego is working in proper relationship to my spirit. I want my ego submissive to my spirit. I'm never going to get rid of either one. We are human being. We've talked about this a lot, but this is what this whole podcast is about. So we're going to keep bringing it up. Human being. I want that being part of me to be in the the forefront, to be in the forefront. I want the ego, the human part of me to be submissive to that being part of me. And if I make decisions from the being part of me, from the God consciousness part of me, usually they are not selfish, self-centered decisions that are going to harm myself or others. My dad used to talk about this because he was a pastor Christian once. Mm-hmm. And so he, he he gave a very good analogy. And I liked it. And he called it like the flesh and the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, which your ego is the Perfect. flesh. Perfect. And the spirit is like the Holy Spirit or your soul, you know. Yes. And so he would say it's like two boxers. You know, so it's whichever one you fed, which one you trained. Yes. yes. And then they get together and there's a fight. If the spirit is super weak, you haven't mm. like fed it, and, and you would talk about like reading your Bible, praying, you know, just doing spiritual practices, meditating, whatever it may be for you, whatever spirit, but doing those spiritual practices, day and affirmations, doing all those things that we do, you know, a thousand times a day, mm-hmm. all of those things, then that feeds the spirit. And then when it's come to battle with the ego, you know, in this, and it helped me because I could see like this boxing match, you yeah. know, and these two boxers. Yeah, yeah. And then one had the black shirt that was the flesh, and then the other one had the spirit. And it was like, oh, yeah, I fed my flesh like a whole bunch. Of course it's going <laughs> to knock out the – it can't knock out the spirit. That's perfect. And it really can't – you know, I mean, the analogy is kind of flawed because, you know, your ego cannot sure, sure, sure. kill your spirit or knock your spirit out or any of those things. But it could it, – the spirit will never go against your free will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's going to be like, okay, that's what you're going to do? You're going to try to fight me like this and try to punch me? I'm out. You know, I mean, I'm here – Men's years, I'll be here. Yeah, I'm not interested in fighting. Yeah, but exactly. the analogy is perfect. Right, which one's gonna win? The one you feed. Yeah, this wolves. I've heard it. The with one that wolves. yes, wolves. Yeah. yeah, good wolf, bad wolf. That's yeah. the one that I I was exposed to that that teaching and this exact same. Which one's gonna win? The one you feed. Uh, um, I have no chance of feeding the spirit unless I surrender first, though. Mm. So this is the beginning, the opening, the door to starting to feed. The part of me that I want to win, the part of me that has a chance in regards to healing addiction. Yeah, and we're going to get real practical because I think this is—I think this is really important about the feeding part. Like, how do we feed? Like, you're sitting there, you're like, I don't know. This addiction's overwhelming me. I want to surrender. I've mm. tried all kinds of things. So, how do we do it? Well, the material says as we delve deeper, we illuminate how surrender becomes a bridge, connecting us to a universe of support. So if you can picture yourself 
when you surrender, it's it's like Hunger Games. You we've all seen those. Mm-hmm. You remember those mm-hmm. movies? Yeah, those are great. Yeah, it's like when they teamed up and got together and then decide to get creative and understand that it was just like a matrix and a game and there was flaws in the game. Because in reality, the Hunger Games look so real. When you believed in the game, when you truly believed in the game, usually you died. <laughs> but then when you're like, oh, I threw this up there and then it glitched. Yeah, that's not even real sky. That's Yeah, exactly. Oh, so we're not in a real environment at all. This is all controlled. So, So if we all get together, this becomes the bridge connecting us to a universe mm. of support. Powerful, powerful. How do I start touching universal energy? Mm-hmm. How do I start contacting, getting relationship with the power that creates worlds? First, we have to surrender. Mm-hmm. And that can be my my outreach, that can be my entrance, that can be my, you know, however, you don't have to get that door open very far to start getting positive flow into your life through surrender. But surrender does mean I'm no longer fighting the situation. I'm no longer resisting and trying to get it my way. Would like to say acceptance, you know, can I, can I acceptance? What does acceptance mean? Let's start there. So surrender and acceptance kind of walk hand in hand. I'm not fighting here. Um, Maybe I'm lacking acceptance when I'm in my ego. I'm lacking acceptance when I am fighting, seeking control. So what does acceptance mean? Acceptance does not mean I'm okay with this. Acceptance does not mean I condone this behavior. Acceptance does not mean, oh, that's a good thing. All acceptance means is this is happening. I'm no longer resisting the isness of the situation. And currently, in active addiction, the isness is I don't have enough power to stop this. I don't have enough power to change. I don't have enough power to evolve. I don't have enough power to expand my life. I'm shrinking. I'm actually dying. So acceptance just means this is happening. I have this thing. I have this addiction. That's the same as surrender. That's the same as admission to my innermost self, to the God consciousness inside of me. Then I'm crossing that bridge and tapping into the power that can heal addiction, that can do something different, that can start taking Contrary action. And the power's in you. We walk around with the solution 24-7. I've been walking around with the solution my whole life for different meat suits for for eternity. I just got really far from that. I got really (laughs) far away from shoes of the inner being. The God-centered part of me knew that that alcohol was not the solution. That's why it felt so bad. After a while, you know the addiction stops working for you. I just don't have any other conditioned response to turn to. I don't have any other tools. So it feels really bad behaving in my addiction after, I already, after I've gone down the progression enough to know that this is killing me. I want to ask you, I think this is cool. I want to ask you this question because you, you've helped hundreds of addicts. So, you know, at least a couple hundred, I would imagine. I don't know what your numbers are, but. Uh, yeah, it, you don't 
we don't count, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I'm just saying. So you, but you've said in front of enough addicts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, and I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming you can tell if they're walking the bridge, and they're trying to surrender or not. Can you see it? Is it obvious when you talk to them for 30, 45 minutes? If you get to talk to someone, uh, um, I think it's obvious to tell to to be able to tell if they're still behaving in their ego. Oh, okay. So, because this is where I'm getting at, it's like. You can't see that. Right. But somebody right. that's just started talking to you, just met you, mm-hmm. but has gone through all those same experiences can see it like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You can't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you like, said no, something about I a thief. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, my natural state is being thief. I'll steal from you. I'll steal what you got. I like to steal hair gel. You know, that was my deal. Well, I mean, I'm not and, you, but you were saying but, like you can't a teach thief a thief. Yeah. Is not going to teach me. If I am a thief, that's what I am. A thief is not going to teach me how to stop stealing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna solve my problem with the thing that's kicking my ass. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I need something different. Right, to solve right. My problem. Yeah, something like, different is connection to source. The something different is crossing that bridge into universal energy. But I don't get there unless I've given up, and unless I've ceased fighting. Ceased fighting is a better way to say that. So on the other side of the bridge is your loved ones, those that care for you, those that are happy. On the other side of the bridge is those that show compassion towards you, um, supportive communities, professional therapists. Our material talks about this, family and friends. But on this side of the bridge is all my friends Mm. that I do drugs with. Mm -hmm. It's the meth house that I hang out with, and they're my good friends. And I love them, and they're super cool, and we all hang out together, and we all have tons of fun. Yeah, you guys are super cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, dying together, (laughs) dying together. Yeah, yeah. We all have something in common, you know. So we can trauma bond. over the drug. That's all that is. It's not love, even though you may say like this is the closest. Like when we do when we do math and we stay up for two or three days and we just talk, 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 and it's just amazing conversations. (laughs) You know, it's on that other side of the bridge. You know, it's it's that. You know, if you could if you could picture it as that darkness side. So crossing the bridge means you have to leave things. And that's tough for people. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it holds a lot of people back. There are tons of tools for this, tons of spiritual teachings for this. One is, um, I'm not the fear of leaving others behind. Oh, if I, I, I'm not the fear of outgrowing my roots. If I leave this situation, I'm, I'm going to leave them behind. I'm afraid to leave this situation. I'll probably just stay so I don't have to walk through that fear. So one tool is simply the mantra, I'm not the fear of leaving others behind. And it's also another nice tool is, a, is just a reassurance or a, a reaffirmation of living a spiritual lifestyle, we're going to outgrow certain people. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a fact. 100%. And if I'm on the spiritual beam, I recognize and honor that it's not my job to drag them with me. Well, the universe sometimes will throw you what you think is a curveball but it's like you need to get out of this relationship you're not willing to do it oh they, they cheated on you okay perfect yeah god did it for you <laughs> yeah yeah you say that before yeah 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 be careful how you ask to get i couldn't do this so god had to do it for me <laughs> i think that's with the addiction mm-hmm. though i mean it's that way too yeah, you know god like is, god i couldn't is, do this god is constantly doing for me what i can't do for myself yes constantly yeah yeah and and maybe i'm aware of it down the road mm-hmm. and i'm like wow that was a real gift I had to walk through that in order because it put me in the position I'm in now to receive this gift. Um, but yeah, changing some of the recovery 
language, they'll say, um, it's like a silly slogan. They'll say, uh, change your playmates in your playgrounds. Mm, like, yes, that's a good, yeah. I like that good. Change your playmates, change your playgrounds. If I don't change, there's a high probability that I'm just going to fall back into my old conditioned ways. However, we don't want to put a limitation on source. I believe source is powerful enough that people could get sober in a shooting gallery. Let's say the only place you had to live was a meth house where they're they're shooting up. I still think you could get sober in that environment. Oh, with source, yeah. With source. Yeah. Source has to be forefront. It's just going to be a hundred times then harder. It would not take long if source is forefront to get the hell out of there. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, we you push leave. you in You don't direction. stay because you really like the environment. You know what I mean? But I think you can get sober anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was homeless and... You know, that environment is just dangerous, it's yucky, mm-hmm. it's ugly. You feel like, you know, why am I living? So yes. you, people don't stay in that environment. I think mean, for me, it was like, I need to get a job. That's the only thing that's going to pull me out. I didn't have addiction at the time. I wasn't doing any drugs or alcohol. Couldn't afford it. I would have probably done alcohol, but I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And I was too afraid to steal things. So, I mean, I would steal like food and stuff. That's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. um, like I was mm-hmm. afraid to like, you know, steal a bottle of alcohol. I just didn't do any drugs, alcohol, or anything in that moment. But... It was this whole catalyst of like, I know this, I've got to get away from this because this is hindering me and I can change. There's one thing that I can do. I can take control of this and I can change this. So let me go try to do this. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it was a big step to go from being, you know, dirty and long beard and your hair all screwed up to trying to steal a razor at, you know, you know, and then stealing a bar of soap and you know, using a sink, you know, at a McDonald's or whatever, you know, to get yourself halfway presentable to go get a job, you know, but it's, it's that whole process of like, I know that if I do this, this will pull me out of the situation. And I had to make that decision and I had to stand by this decision, no matter how uncomfortable I felt. Yeah. That takes courage. Yeah, exactly. That there's the courage. There we go again. That same word, the C word keeps coming up. It really does. And and you were in, in an environment that's very close to death, or maybe even death would have been better. Oh, yeah. Than that existence. Yes. And God, the God consciousness inside of me is maybe where that courage comes from. It's that from. window of grace. It's a window of grace. That's where that courage comes from mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, not this. Whatever it takes to not have to experience this. And and I I believe people can pray for a window of grace. Maybe that's all. That maybe that you're at the lowest and lowest point, and you're in a meth house, mm-hmm. or you're you know you've drunk yourself to you know being on the streets, and somebody gave you a free phone, and you're listening to this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. You know, pray for a window of grace. Ask God to give that to you. You know, praying will not go. You know, the Bible talks about this. And I think it's really cool. It says prayer does not go void. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not going to pray yourself to. It's going to help you. Yeah. It, there's nothing negative that comes from praying. Yeah. If the beginning steps are solution, and oh, excuse me, if the beginning steps are surrender, and that surrender helps us create a bridge to a solution, the tools that we use walking that bridge, and then definitely on the other side of that bridge, one of the main tools for me is prayer. Well, you had mentioned that earlier, yeah. the quote from we were, Native American. Oh, Native American teaching is every step can be a prayer. That's so good. Every step can be a prayer. So that can mean a lot of things at once. One of the things that it might mean is, am I walking my prayers? Am I acting in a way that aligns me with the God consciousness inside of me? 
Another another thing it might mean is I have how many steps a day do you do I take? I don't know. I know I have like sixty thousand thoughts a day. So I have sixty thousand opportunities a day to align myself with the power that creates worlds that can also solve my addiction problem, that can also help me cross this bridge into a new reality. That is so good. But that's walking my prayer. That's that every step can be a prayer. So I have 60,000 opportunities a day to turn towards God, towards solution, rather than away from God and towards ego. Mm, that's so, yeah, that, that is so good. And, and I think, and we'll close out in this, it says surrender and its profound essence is about coming home. <laughs> Great word. Yes, yes. Words to the interconnected web of life where healing is a shared journey and our struggles are part of a grander narrative of human resilience and transformation. That it's a transformative power of surrender, an integral step in our shared path of recovery. When you hear the words uh, coming home in a grander narrative, what does that mean to you, like in your process of, of healing? I love to say touch home base. Mm. Come back and touch home base. That has to be the God-centeredness inside of me. That has to be the part of me that is conscious. That has to be the part of me that is eternal. I get away from that when I'm in my ego, when I'm desiring control, when I'm forcing things into, into existence, and I'm experiencing resistance. It doesn't feel good to go through the world in resistance. I would rather, really, I would rather not go through the world if, if everything is resistance. So when I come back home, the part of me that's really me, I'm coming back to spirit. I'm coming back to source. I'm coming back to downstream. I'm not in resistance. I'm go with the flow. I'm practicing acceptance. This just is. Those people are messed up. They just are that. Why do I have a delusional expectation that they're going to be different? From that place of coming home, I can take much more empowered action to a solution, to head in the direction of recovery. The idea of transcendence, you know, like having a high aim. We were just talking about this too. I was, very, I was told very little. As a child, I wish upon a star. I think it was like a, you know, it's been in multiple Disney movies. It's been in There's songs. There's like a little prayer. A, month, a, yeah. a prayer. Wish upon a star. Why, why was I told, as even a little child, wish upon a star? Well, what's a star? A star is something in the horizon. A star is something above me. A star is even a direction to head in. It's something that transcends me. It's actually not even of this world. It's outer-worldly. And if, you know, to get back to the idea of evolution... 13 billion years ago, there were gas and atoms and molecules swooling around in our universe, and they condensed and expanded. And now today there's us? Well, that's where I came from. Yes. We're I'm, stars. Yes. I'm stardust. That's yes. the only place we could have come from. So wish upon a star really means get in touch with my higher self. Start asking the part of me that is not of this world for help, for alignment, for guidance, for strength, for presence. 
They told me that right away. I wasn't. <laughs> I was in and out of diapers. They were teaching me to wish upon a star. I didn't know what they were telling me, but now I do. And now we have countless tools to start aligning with the part of me that is not of this world that can help me cross a bridge to a solution.